Volatility in the market is a fact. What isn't so clear is what the ups and downs of the market can do to your retirement portfolio. For answers, call Kevin Brooker at 800-975-6717. Kevin is founder and CEO of Silverleaf Financial, and he's been helping people cut through the noise and create a retirement and income plan that can take you all the way through retirement. Call now for your free financial consultation, 800-975-6717. Today's market volatility can really take a toll on your portfolio. But what if you could lock in your gains and still be in a position to participate in the gains without suffering losses if the market plunges again? That's what Kevin Brooker at Silverleaf Financial can help you achieve. Your no-cost analysis includes a portfolio x-ray showing any hidden fees in your current plan. He'll show you how by claiming Social Security at the right time can make a huge difference in your retirement income. Call Kevin Brooker today, 800-975-6717. Do it today. This is Kevin Brooker. Welcome to Cruising Through Retirement. You know, we've all heard cash is king. Well, in retirement, it's cash flow that is in charge. And today we're going to talk about cash flow on the show, generating cash flow in retirement. So stick around. We're going to give you some ideas. Cruising Through Retirement with Kevin Brooker. Kevin is an investment advisor representative with more than 30 years experience. He's helped thousands of people cruise through retirement, and he'd be happy to help you too. Stick around for today's adventure on Cruising Through Retirement. Welcome in, everybody. This is Cruising Through Retirement with Kevin Brooker. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall. Kevin, as we know, he's a fiduciary. He's independent. He's an investment advisor representative, helping folks for more than 30 years getting to and through retirement. Silverleaf Financial is where you'll find him. You'll find his website at silverleaffinancial.com. And when you visit the website, you're going to find his book because he's an author, The Millionaire's Guide to Tax-Free Money for Long-Term Care. And you can get your free copy up there at the website. Hey, Kevin, what's going on? Hey, Steve, it is always good to be here. I appreciate you mentioning the, the, the book. And uh, guys, please check it out. Go to the website, silverleaffinancial.com. And uh, you, can, you can see the book right there on the homepage. And if you'd like a copy, I'm happy to send you uh, the old-fashioned paper version. Uh, or I can send you an electronic version, whatever you prefer. But it's free of charge. Uh, no obligation. And there's just some, some ideas in there that I think could save you a lot of money. Oh, I, I, yeah, absolutely. It's a great little read and, and it goes quickly and it's very straightforward. And there's no, you know, there's, you're not, you're not trying to polish anything here. You're just laying it out. It's no, we're not. And, and, and uh, that, that's, that's exactly right. We just wanted to really stick with the nuts and bolts. So I try not to get into too much fluff. We try to give you data about, you know, the area, obviously it's uh, we're based in Arizona. So it's about Arizona in terms of the average cost that you'll see. Uh, and most people know long-term care has gotten, crazy expensive. Uh, you're looking at roughly $10,000 a month now for a private room uh, if it's a memory care type of facility. Whoa. Um, I've got one client actually. Well, a lot of my clients have been with me for a long time. So I've got some clients, uh, one of them, he's, he's 91, 91 or 92. Um, anyway, he, he and his wife moved into uh, a facility. A lot of you guys might know a lot of facilities now, they really have three areas. There's three right. main areas, right? They have an in, what they call independent living, uh, then they have an assisted living uh, area, and then they have a memory care. Now, some places will combine, you know, like independent with assisted, um, but typically a memory care area is by them is separate. 
those are the areas where they put the combination locks on the doors, mm-hmm. um, you know, because they, nobody wants people just, you know, wandering off and not knowing where they are. Well, no. So, but I'll tell you what, what happened with this client, uh, they were already paying, gosh, I want to say, I, I want to say it was like 7,000 a month um, just for independent living for the couple at this place. Now it does include all the meals and utilities and they clean your apartment, things like that. But to me, it still seems pretty it's expensive. It's like a lot of money. Jeez. It's like a lot of money, right? It's like, it's like, what am I eating a thousand dollars in food a week? I mean, what am I doing here? <laughs> yeah, you know, and, but, but the husband just, you know, he's, he's, uh, you know, he's gotten older, got to the point where he needed to go to memory care, right? That's an extra 10 grand, an extra $10,000. Above the seven? Yeah. Oh there, my she, gosh. She's paying and she downgraded now. So she's saving a little bit. She went from a two bedroom to one bedroom apartment when he moved. Um, but they're paying like between sixteen and seventeen thousand dollars a month. Well, I mean, how long can that money last? I mean, for any you, of you us. Know, you know what? For most of us, it's not gonna last long, right? You're no. talking two hundred grand a year, basically. Um, <laughs> you know, so it is a very significant expense. And 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 the fact of the matter is, you know, there is a percentage of the population that is going to need long-term care. And unfortunately, most of us don't know who that's gonna be. But I do want to give you guys a couple pointers, a few things to bear in mind as you're trying to consider. You know, should you pay attention to it? Should you save for it? Uh, ideally, yes, you should definitely save for it. And you should plan for it. Um, but I know sometimes people are in a situation where they, they just don't have the capital that they need to do everything that they want. And a lot of times the money, the savings for long, it wouldn't be a savings for long-term care. They just don't save. They don't allocate money for long-term care because they just, they don't feel like they have the extra capital to do it. Understood. But if, you know, but if you can, you know what, Steve, what we talk about in the book is that I can show you how to, we can reposition assets to use tax-free money if you have to pay for it. So guys, that'll save you at least, probably at least 20%, depending obviously on your tax bracket. It could save you as much as 35 or 40% if you're in a high bracket, right? Mm-hmm. And so, so it is a significant amount of money that you don't have to give up. You're not giving it to anybody. We're simply investing it and positioning it in a way that if you need it for long-term care, you can do it on a tax-free basis, but if you don't need it, the money is yours. It stays yours. So you can use it for yourself, but for something else, you know, in the future, or you know, just leave it to a beneficiary. But you don't give up the asset. And so, by all means, take a look at it, check it out. You might find uh, you can really benefit from it. All right. Again, uh, check it out at silverleaffinancial.com. That's the website. And uh, so, Kevin, I gotta ask. Uh, you know, there was a rate hike this week. The market reacted to that. Let's let's dig into that a little bit. Oh, yes, they did. They did. This was, I believe, the 10th uh, straight rate hike. Yep, I believe you are um, right. And if I'm not mistaken, that is 500 basis points uh, of hikes, uh, which is probably one of the fastest, if not the fastest on record. Uh, so in other words, 500 basis points is five full, full percentage points for the, those of you uh, math math people out there. Um, so yeah, it's been a significant raise. So Fed funds rate is now roughly five and an eighth. Um, you know, which is the overnight rate for banks. Um, but none, but what it means is take a look at your money market. All right. A lot of money markets right now are in the four and a half range. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's important to remember, um, one thing to point out folks is that money markets technically don't have FDIC insurance coverage, uh, ver- like a savings bank or savings account would. So it's important to take a look at that. Make sure you understand the rules, the insurance amounts, by the way, brokerage accounts, a lot of them, like where I'm, where I hold my clients' accounts, the insured amount is far greater than 250 grand. Um, at what the firm that I use, Pershing, we could get, we could, I could get insurance coverage for tens of millions of dollars if somebody needed it. Okay. So, so it is something to bear in mind when you're thinking about where you want to put your money. 
Um, but interest rates have come up. So what? That's a nice benefit. I mean, we had 0% interest rates for so long. I think it's 15 or 16, maybe 17 years since interest rates have been as high as they are. So if, if you're looking to lock something in uh, on a guaranteed interest rate, now might be a good time to do it. It's really hard to tell if we might go a little bit higher. Um, but a lot of interest rates in the bond market have already started coming down. And so we might have seen the peak. Uh, I can still get about 5.5% guaranteed for five years if you're interested in something like a guaranteed rate. By all means, just reach out and let me know. I'd be happy to share the information with you. Sure, folks. If you want to call, it's 800-975-6717. That's the number, 800-975-6717. You can also reach Kevin at the website. That's silverleaffinancial.com. So, uh, all right. So the rate hike, the market did, did immediately reacted. I mean, it, the market was kind of cruising along. Then the announcement came, and then the, the bottom fell out. Then, bam. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? The bottom – but it – Okay, it did fall, no question about it. It did fall, but not actually as bad as I, I thought it could have. Okay. Um, you know, and so that actually, I actually found that reassuring because I thought we'd see a much, I thought we'd see a bigger drop um, because part of what's happening in the bond market, if you look at bond market futures and where the interest rates are at, the bond market is, act, is acting as though it's pricing the bonds as though it expects a recession this year, uh, but not just a recession. It's actually pricing in interest rate cuts. And so that to me is the bigger thing to look at. Yes, we did the rear in the rear view mirror, we've got all these interest rate hikes, right? Yes. But what we all but we all want to focus on, what we all want to know is what's what's coming in front of us, right? What's gonna happen in the future. And so that's why if if depending on the type of investor you are, your risk tolerance, your time frame, right now it, for for a short term uh, investor, now isn't doesn't look to me like a good time to be taking on more risk. Okay. In other words, the markets right now, we've been trade, we're at the high end of a trading range. They've, we've been trading between roughly 36 to 3,700 on the S&P index on the low end up to uh, 4,100 or so, 4,200 4, on the high end. So we've been in that range for a while. And a lot of analysts think that we're going to stay stuck in that range. Um, and it has to do with the economy slowing down. A lot of, a lot of strategists are forecasting that earnings are going to be coming are going to have to be decreased or coming down more for a lot of companies because of the slowdown. And so the theory is if earnings are coming down uh, and we're going into recession, that means there's a good probability that the stock market might see some weakness as well. And so that's why the conclusion is not necessarily at risk right now. If you're a near-term investor or, a or uh, let's say a moderately conservative investor. Uh, however, if you're a longer-term investor, especially if you're younger and you're growth-oriented, my suggestion is to what we call dollar cast average, put money into the market on a regular, consistent basis. For instance, like your 401k, you put it in every paycheck, whether it's every week, every two weeks, every month. But the, there are long term benefits from doing that because none of us truly know. Nobody truly knows when we're going to hit the tops or the bottoms. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and anyone following along, you know, a lot of these analysts and a lot of these strategists, they've been they're wrong just as often, maybe more. Maybe more. Right. I agree. Right. Yeah. And so 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 I always remind myself, you know, you got to take everything they say with a grain of salt because nobody has a crystal ball. OK, that actually works. For the record, I've got two crystal balls and I still can't tell you what's going to happen. <laughs> all right. All so right. so it's it's important to understand they're all just making their best guess. But that's what it is. It's a guess. OK. And, and they can frame it any way they want. Um, but, you know, it, when we look back in history, uh, the truth is. You know, a lot of the advice, you, you know, it, it you want to take it with a grain of salt. Of course. So that's why I say, you know, longer term investors, 
stick with it. Stick with your plan. Uh, if you don't have a plan, then give me a call and we can sit down and put one together. Right. Um, but you want to stick with the plan and keep on investing and putting that money away, provided that you're looking for growth over the long term. And uh, with that in mind, uh, as you started the show by saying that cash is king, but it's cash flow that uh, rules the roost when it comes to retirement. We talk about it every week, I think, at some point or in some fashion. And uh, so uh, how do we how do we make sure that happens? And and are there are there different strategies in place that uh, that we can generate income? Yes, you know, and that's a very that's 100 percent spot on, Steve. And yes, it's cash flow, right? <laughs> cash flow. Uh, we all, it's that money coming in that you have to have every week or every month, right? Just like the bills come in. Yep. And while, while we're working, of course, we've got a paycheck, right? And in theory, that pays all your bills, okay? Without getting into all the, you know, yeah, No, I get that, it. Okay? <laughs> all right. So, we're all there. Yeah. So, so when you get into retirement, obviously, was we're planning for retirement, you know, it, it's a critical factor that can determine your financial freedom during your golden years, right? Mm -hmm. And so one of the first steps to managing cash flow is identifying the sources of income, right? Yeah. So, so that's one of the first things we're going to do, or if not, you know, after we, we'll get to know each other a little bit, and then we're going to start talking about different sources of income. That could be your social security, uh, would be a pension if you're fortunate enough to have a pension. Uh, it could be withdrawals from your re uh, retirement accounts if you're doing that already. And the reason I say that is typically when I, I meet a lot of folks that are in their 50s or early 60s, and they're not looking to start tapping their retirement accounts yet. Uh, what I talk to a lot of people about um, is, let's say they're 63, and they say, Kevin, I, you know, I want to retire, but I don't want to claim my Social Security until I'm 67, my full retirement age. And so what we talk about, I call it a bridge, right? They want to stop working. They don't want to claim retirement yet. So that means from 63 to 67, we need to create some sort of a financial bridge for them to generate income, sure. right? Sure, yes. And, and so that's one of the things that we talk about. Now, you can also do it with investment. It could be investment income. It could be dividends off of your holdings. It could be any number of things. It could be part-time work, right? Some people like to keep on working because they feel it, it uh, keeps them engaged and it keeps them sharp and, and, and they just enjoy it. Yeah. And so there's any number of things, but we want to look at all of your income sources and, and of course, your expenses. And then we're going to look at your assets and your liabilities, and we're going to put together a plan so that you can generate that cash flow that you need, that money every month, so that you can pay your bills, you can go golf or fish or travel or whatever it is you want to do uh, until you get to the point you collect Social Security. And, and, and then we will help you figure out the best time to claim that Social Security, right? And so these are all the things that we want to take into consideration. And it's really important that everybody understands uh, both sides of, this, of these ledgers because you don't want to make the mistake of overspending when you start off your retirement. No, that could be that could be a major, major uh, crash that's going to happen down the road if you spend too much too soon. Well, and I know when folks first retire, I mean, it's an exciting time, right? I mean, they're thinking, hey, I can make this oh. happen. I can spend what I need now. Oh, yeah. And, and let's face it, most, you know, a lot of us have been thinking about it for a long <laughs> exactly time. Exactly right. <laughs> right. And, and chances, I mean, pretty much everyone I meet, they're looking forward to it. They can't wait to, until that day comes. And they've got all these plans. And most of those plans cost, you know, a lot of money. Right. Mm -hmm. And 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 so that's something, you know, I, I was talking to my wife about, you know, we, we had talked about taking, you know, extended vacations, you know, maybe three months traveling through Europe or something. Sure. And and and. And I do want to do that, <laughs> but, but the financial side of it scares me a little bit because, you know, I, cause I remind her, I say, I, I talk about not spending too much in those first couple of years. I don't want to fall victim to something I warned class not to do. 
right? <laughs> exactly. And and so it's real important that we take a hard look at all the numbers, you know, and, and if you save diligently, you've got a good amount of money put away, you know, it might not be any problem at all. You know, it might not be a problem, but we need to, we need to run the numbers. I'm a, you know, I'm a numbers guy mm-hmm. and that's what we do. That's what we do. Right. Yes. And we want to run, run all those numbers. Right. Yep. Maybe it's just the difference between you staying at a luxury hotel compared to maybe a more moderate hotel. Right. Maybe okay. you can't fly for, maybe you can't fly first class. Maybe you got to fly coach with the, you know, with the rest of his cattle and you know, but that's what we'll figure out. Right. right? And that's if we, the whole idea. You know, that's a whole idea. And if we can figure out how to get you in first class, then I'm definitely going to do it. All right. Well, let me ask you this. You talked about, you know, the consistent income, the cash flow and, and finding those income sources and knowing that that money is going to be there every month. Can can I look ahead to my plan and make sure that I'm still getting that money five years, 10 years, and I'll know how much I'm getting? Yes. Well, you, well, you definitely can if, if we're using guaranteed sources of income. Okay. All uh, right. And, and so that's the trick part of that question, I'd, I'd say. Um, and, and for the record, guys, I personally, I believe that we, we definitely should have all of your expenses covered with guaranteed sources of income. And what I mean, and that could be, it could be a bank CD. It could be a fixed annuity. It could be a deferred annuity for income. Okay. That has those provisions in it where they, they call it a guaranteed lifetime withdrawal benefit. And what that means, what that means, Steve, is that even if the account value goes to zero, it will keep on paying you. Now, of course, there are rules that you can't you, you can't take out more than you're supposed to. Otherwise, that, that could blow up the whole equation, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's just like if you have a budget and you spend more than you're supposed to, what's going to happen to your budget? It's it's going to get blown up too, right? Yes. So so the thing about retirement that that I that I encourage a lot of folks to just remember, and most people say, yeah, that's common sense. I say you got to you got to have discipline and you've got to stick to your budget. You got to stick to the numbers. In other words, whatever whatever the cash flow we, we talk about before, uh, the commercial, the commercial that used to be on television, and it, back in the day when Voya was called ING, yes, and they they would run these commercials saying, "What's your number? What's your number?" And these people and walking around people, with numbers above their head. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're they're like animated. You see a bubble over their head, you know, yeah, and, right. and and it doesn't have anything in there. And then later on, you see there's a number there, and and so what's your number is the amount of income that you need to generate that's over and above your social security. Or over and above, you know, if you have a pension, then your pension is Social Security. So, in other words, let's say your expenses, let's say your monthly expenses are five thousand dollars, okay, and your Social Security, pension, other sources of income are, I don't know, three thousand dollars, right? So you've got a two thousand dollar gap there, right, between what you have coming in and what your expenses are. So in this commercial, because you know this is a financial services company that sells annuity products. They're saying, what's your number? Meaning that gap, that two grand extra that you need, maybe you look to satisfy that with an, an annuity. And now the thing to remember is these are not right for everybody. I never, never would say they are. And I, and I don't, you know, I'm not saying for somebody to put all of their money in annuities, just like I wouldn't say to put all your money in the stock market. All right. And anyone that does, you should just turn around and walk away. All right. The, the, you want to think of these, in my opinion, I like to think of them as kind of as a toolbox, right? Mm-hmm. And when, when you hire a company to, I don't know, build your house, right? They can't do everything with just a hammer, right? You got to have all the proper tools to do the job, right? The tool that's best at doing a particular job. And in my view, an annuity that has an income guarantee, right? To me is one of the best tools to use because it guarantees that income no matter what happens. So it doesn't matter if the stock market crashes, it doesn't matter if interest rates go up to 10% or if they go back down to zero. That annuity check is going to keep on coming in every month for as long as you live, even if you live to 105, 
all right, and the account value went to zero 10 years ago, that annuity will keep on paying you. So to me, I like it because uh, I believe there's a, okay, and let me mention, typically there is a cost involved with this. Um, there are some of them out there that are free that don't have, the only, in other words, they don't charge you anything for that income guarantee. But what you're going to find when you look into it is that they're going to pay you a lot less money, okay? So a lot of times you truly do get what you pay for. So if you don't pay anything for it, maybe they'll pay you $6,000 a year, but you'll look, you'll look a little further and you say, you know what, if you do pay for it, you get $9,000 a year. All right. So, so it's an individual decision. And, and the way I like everybody to think about it, I, I, I ask you to think about when you buy medical insurance, you buy health insurance, right? Right. You're, pay, you're paying a fee to the insurance company to cover the risk that you get really sick or something bad happens. And there's a very large bill that the insurance company will pay. And you're paying a premium for them to do that, right? So in essence, you're transferring the risk of that, the medical situation to the insurance company for which you're paying for, right? It's the same thing with other insurance policies, your auto insurance for your car, you're paying for the insurance company to cover the risk you get in an accident or somebody gets hurt while you're driving. And so they would pay out, they would cover that liability, but to get it, you got to pay them a premium. There's a cost associated with it. Of course. And it's the same thing, right? And it's the same thing with these contracts. Because a lot of times, Steve, you know what? I'll talk to somebody about this. I'll say, hey, this will guarantee income forever. Doesn't matter what happens. And they'll say, well, I don't want to pay for that. <laughs> and, 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 and so I try, I try to point out these other things and say, well, you have these other insurances, right? You pay for it. Are, are you okay with that? And, but for some reason, it, it, it's, it's like a foreign way. It's like a strange way for people to think about it. And, and so I try to, that's part of what I consider to be my job is to help people look at something from a different angle look at it from a different perspective, right? And see if it makes sense. It doesn't make sense for everybody. If, if you're comfortable doing it a different way, then more power to you, no problem at all, all right? My personal preference is to reduce anxiety and stress as much as possible. And that applies to, to while we're working. And it especially applies when, when we're retired. Because I know that I, I want my retirement to be stress-free, as stress-free as possible. And I'd like the same thing for all of my clients. And so to me, if we have guaranteed sources of income and you know, no matter what happens, you've got all your bills covered and we build in a cushion to offset inflation, right? So if your bills are 5,000 a month now, we don't just want to make sure you got 5,000 a month coming in, do we? No, we, then we, we need to raise that up. Right. What are you going to do? What are you going to do if we go through another period where we see 7% inflation like we saw not that, not that long ago here? right? Where, where eggs cost twice as much as they used to, or milk costs you know, so much more. Everything costs so much more. I mean, going out to, going out to, re going out to restaurants, no matter, it's like, it's every, I think it's everywhere. I don't think, I don't know if there's anywhere that hasn't seen inflation, but my point is we know it's going to be there and you don't know how much it's going to be. And if you're retiring, like the example, uh, the example I mentioned earlier, somebody's, I think I said 63. Yeah. You could have a 30 year retirement, right? My father, had a 33-year retirement. He retired at 60. He didn't pass until 93. He had a 33-year retirement. And when I think about that, I say, holy cow, how much yeah. How much do you think prices are going to go up in 30 years? Right? Yeah. So so if you need 5,000 now, then I'm going to say you should have maybe 7,000 in income lined up that you can turn on down the road. So maybe two, three years from now, you, you add, we add another source of income. I do that through individual, I suggest we look at doing it through individual annuity policies. Maybe you have four or five annuities. Maybe you put in, I don't know, 50 or 60 grand in each one of them. And you let them grow for a while and you turn it on. 
and it should pay, it should pay you another maybe four or five hundred dollars a month. All these things depend on your age and and when you activate it, things like that. Um, but roughly speaking, that's that's something somebody in their sixties would see. Uh, so you put it in there, and let's say we set up five of them, and you retire at sixty three. So now maybe every three years, every two to three years, you turn on. You know, we start, we activate the income from one of these policies. So you know, every few years, you've got an extra four or five hundred bucks a month coming in. And to me, that that should be sufficient for most people. Obviously, there's outliers, and these are things we will go through and look at your your individual situation. But that to me is a strategy that you know can generate additional income in the future. That's guaranteed to you, and it's guaranteed to last. And going back. Long answer to that question, Steve, going back to, hey, can I put this on a spreadsheet and see what income I'm going to have five or 10 years from now? If we do it this way, the answer is yes, you can. All right. And you and you can see exactly what you'll have coming in as each year goes by. Well, that's got to be satisfying for a client when you lay that out like that. Oh, gosh, yes. And and, and you know what? That's one of the things I talk about with, uh, I talk to a lot of people about. I say that one of, one of the most enjoyable aspects to my job is when we go over this information, we've talked for a while, we put together a plan and the client kind of sits back in his chair and he relaxes because he's like, whew, that's, that, sounds, that sounds good. It's, it's when they get that feeling that, you know what, I've got it covered and I can see it in black and white, it's covered. And so at that point, you just have to make sure you stick to the plan. This is the discipline we talked about earlier that when we come through this, we've had numerous conversations about it. We put together the numbers. Now it's just a matter of executing. Yep. So as, as long as you stick to the plan, in other words, don't withdraw more than we talked about, don't withdraw more than we planned for, then, then you should be set up and you should, be, should not have to worry about your income in the future. And then, of course, we don't want to make any lavish purchases that we didn't talk about, right? Right. So, so we just stick to the plan. And, and you should have a very, uh, should be able to enjoy those golden years, so to speak. Well, what I find interesting is you mentioned discipline. And I mean, that's what we need in order to get to retirement is we got to have the discipline to save. And that discipline needs to continue, but, it, but in sort of in a different way. Yes, that, that's 100 percent right, right? It, 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 it requires discipline the entire time, of right? Of course, because yes. Y- you know, you're putting money away that you could spend, you could blow it. Let's face it, big chunk of the population, that's what they do, you know? Um, they just blow it. They don't save it. And, but there comes a point in time when they're going to regret it and they're going to say, doggone it. I really wish I'd have saved. Exactly. Um, right. And so the, the discipline that's there, it should be well cultivated. And I'll tell you what, honestly, majority of my clients, they have been such strict and, and strict savers. And they have been so disciplined for their entire life. Actually, one of the problems that we run into is that now they don't want to spend it. They get really uncomfortable. Yes. Right. They yeah. do. Honestly, they get very uncomfortable. It's like for 40 years, I've been saving, saving, saving. And now you're telling me to spend it. He's like, that, that just doesn't feel right. Yeah, something's <laughs> you know? wrong here. <laughs> something's wrong. You know, but why and, did and, you save it? Right? <laughs> that's the thing. And, and you know what happens? Well, I, I might need it. What if I need it for something that I haven't thought of? What if an emergency comes up? And, and, and these are all valid questions. I'm not making fun of them. I'm just trying to point out that these, these conversations I have all the time. I had a conversation with somebody yesterday that's got, I estimate between eight and nine, she's got between eight and 900,000 liquid. Wow. And, okay. and now she, now she's an, uh, you know, an, an el- elderly woman and she is concerned about needing it for long-term care or something like that. And, and, but what I pointed out to her is that that would cover long, that would cover long-term care for, you know, like seven years. And, and that would be very, very, very unusual uh, because a typical person in a long-term care a facility, 
the average stay is between two and two and a half years. Um, and you know, so, uh, and and for the record guys, one thing I do want to point out, uh, as we mentioned, you know, the long-term care aspect, uh, if any individual, if you have a health situation in your family, uh, if you have people that have developed Alzheimer's, um, or dementia, um, those are some of the biggest risks that lead to confinement to a, a healthcare or long-term care type of situation. Um, if you have a history of stroke in your family, especially if it's at a young age, those are also situations that a lot of times lead to the need uh, for long-term care. So if you do have those conditions in your family, I strongly recommend you look into this and explore it and see what types of solutions we could put together for you so that you can stay in the facility you want as opposed to the one the government chooses for you. Oof, yeah, that, you make a great point, Kevin. And, uh, you know, in the last uh, few minutes that we got, how about, uh, how about some listener questions? We got some, we got some in. Sure. We'll, uh, yeah. we'll unearth them. Uh, let's see. We've got, <laughs> yeah, please. got a simple one here from Artie. Uh, Artie says, do loan repayments count towards contribution amounts in 401k calculations? Uh, that is a good question. And the answer is no. No. Okay. Just like they, that. They, no. They no, they don't. Period. <laughs> okay, they do not. How and so and but you, you know the point to think about though is that um, they won't they won't subtract from your contributions. You can still do that. However, if you're not in a position that you can still make your actual contribution in addition to your loan repayment, then the company that you're working for they might not provide the match. Okay, Ooh. they make the match based on your contribution. So if all you're doing is repaying the loan, then you're there's a chance you're going to miss out on that company match. So bear that in mind. Um, you know, obviously, it's free money. I hate to see anybody pass up free money. Uh, so that's one of the things to consider. It's not just taking the loan out and paying it back, but it's also trying to take advantage of the company match and being able to pay back, pay in your uh, to con- make your contribution in addition to paying back the loan. All right. So he makes a good, he makes a great quest, great, great question. There's what I'm trying to spit out. Let's see. Um, all right. Gerald has a question. He says, "My wife's father passed, and she was left with quite a bit of stock." All the stock is in a single company that is a standard bearer. Now, we don't need access to the funds and plan to leave the principal to grow. Is there a better way to grow the money right now as opposed to leaving it all in stock? Um, I, well, I'm going to say, you, I would say, yes, you should definitely you should definitely talk to some advisors, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have enough information really to answer this question properly because... One, it depends on the stock. Yeah. Depends. Um, well, so to answer me this, what's a standard bearer? Is that something? You know, honestly, I'm not sure what he's referring to. I okay. don't know what he's referring to as a standard bearer. I, I, I don't know what that means. My interpretation of it is that, it, is that it's a well-known company. Yeah, I think that's what um, it means, too. Is that, I, I, mean, I, think that's, I think that's what he means, but I'm, but I'm honestly not familiar with that phrase All right. um, re- regarding a particular issue. However, I would point out, uh, if you guys inherited that stock, then, then realize, you want to make sure you realize that you get a step up in basis. So whatever value you received based on the data from others passing, okay, that's now your cost basis. So you do not have to pay tax on all those gains. It's just something to remember and be aware of. Uh-huh. Uh, and, and so, um, however, any gains from the date of death until you sell it, then, of course, you're going to be responsible for taxes. Okay. Um, all right. But I would look to diversify. I would never have a large percentage. Okay, just to give you a rule of thumb. I would never recommend more than 10% in any one holding. Personally, I, don't, I, I, 
I, I, I wouldn't recommend probably more than 5% in any individual stock. Okay. Well, I think too, and, and in this case where, I mean, obviously her father was very committed to this stock and, uh, but now, Hey, the, the, he's gone. Let's, let's diversify. Let's figure well, out how we can make more money. And, and let me just point out that, that, um, stocks can be fantastic. You can see tremendous growth from them, but ask yourself if you were an employee at any of these regional banks that stocks prices have recently imploded, what happened to your 401k? Yikes. Okay. Cause what I'm thinking about is I'm seeing these banks like, like regional banks, they're losing 20, 30, 40% in a day. All right. Most companies match their 401k with company shares. And so if, if these, I feel bad for the employees at these banks, because I think a lot of them probably have a lot of company stock and, and it can get decimated in the blink of an eye. So be very careful when you have concentrated stock holdings. Well, let's let's talk about banking as we wrap up the show, Kevin. Um, another one failed this week. Um, that's that's three. Yes. Right? Yes. That's three major it, banks. It is three major banks and ma major regional, major regional, regional banks. bank. Yes, of course. Point, um, yeah, good point. You know, not the not the huge money center banks like like a J.P. Morgan Chase no. or Wells Fargo or Bank of America uh, or Citibank, and those are the top four. And and what's happening? Um, if anybody does have more than two hundred fifty thousand uh, dollars, if you have that in any any bank other than those top four, I would I would strongly recommend you reduce it to the FDIC insured amount of two fifty, and just open up other bank accounts. All right, because you get that same two hundred fifty thousand coverage at every at you know at every bank. So as long as it's not the same, you know, you're at a different bank, you'll get that coverage. Um, but obviously, it's less convenient. Okay, but there's a lot of turmoil in the regional banking sector right now. And I think there's a good chance it'll continue because the economy is slowing down. And what's happening is depositors are, are taking their money out of these banks. And we're having and the, the old fashioned bank run that back in a lot of us have seen the pictures from the 20s or 30s with people standing down the street in a line because sure. that's the only way they could get their money. Right. Yep. But but now it's a social media run on the bank. So it, you can do it all on your phone. Right. You don't have to go anywhere. And with texting uh, some of these banks that have failed. They lost massive amounts of deposits in the blink of an eye. Literally 24 hours, $75 billion walked out of bank. Wow. Okay. Wow. So, so what's happening is it's happening so fast. And I don't think there's a bank in the world that could sustain that type of withdrawal at that rate without having serious, serious problems. So we don't know where it's going to go, but as a depositor, just make sure you don't have more than 250 in any one bank. All right. Well, again, that's kind of an optimistic thing to move out uh, or to leave with. Uh, and uh, so what uh, What do you think? So after this week, what happens next week? And I know we don't know, but what do you think? Oh, we, we, def we definitely don't know. The uh, <laughs> y y You know, we're in earnings season, so we got a lot of companies coming out with earnings reports. You know, for instance, you know, these tech stocks, they've yes. been doing pretty well. But then they come out, you know, a couple of them come out and warned about the future. And that's what's causing negative. Aha. Uh -huh negative pressure. Sure. So, so I would, I would say it's a good, it's a good time to be cautious. You know, don't jump in right away when something, when something falls, give it a little bit of time, digest the news um, and, and go at more of a moderate pace, I think is the move for the next several months. I like it, Kevin. Let's, uh, let's get together again next week. How about it? That sounds like a plan. I like it. <laughs> Provided this for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute investment tax or legal advice. The covered material has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. 
There are risks associated with every type of investment vehicle. Please read the prospectus and risk disclosures thoroughly before investing. Insurance guarantees are subject to the insurance company's ability to pay. Neither Silverleaf Financial, Kevin Brooker, hosts, and guests are responsible for the usage of information discussed. Security and investment services offered through Silverleaf Financial, members FINRA SIPC. Please consult with an experienced advisor before making any investment decisions. Volatility in the market is a fact. What isn't so clear is what the ups and downs of the market can do to your retirement portfolio. For answers, call Kevin Brooker at 800-975-6717. Kevin is founder and CEO of Silverleaf Financial, and he's been helping people cut through the noise to create a retirement and income plan that can take you all the way through retirement. Call now for your free financial consultation, 800-975-6717. Today's market volatility can really take a toll on your portfolio. But what if you could lock in your gains and still be in a position to participate in the gains without suffering losses if the market plunges again? That's what Kevin Brooker at Silverleaf Financial can help you achieve. Your no-cost analysis includes a portfolio x-ray showing any hidden fees in your current plan. He'll show you how by claiming Social Security at the right time can make a huge difference in your retirement income. Call Kevin Brooker today, 800-975-6717. Do it today.